Hello to you and welcome to the Triple F Lady Podcast, where we'll be talking about how family finance and faith has an impact on us women and how to navigate the tree. My name is Mercy and I'll be co-anchoring with Dalakwa Sanusi Ola, who is a wife and a mother of three. A SEMA chartered accountant with over 17 years of experience and a God-fearing woman in ministry who has coached and mentored several ladies over the past 12 years. Hello Delapo, how are you this blessed day? I'm fine. I'm a bit tired, but I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, even the way you said, I'm fine. I'm like, um, are you really? <laughs> yeah, I am. It's just been one of those weeks. Like, it's just been a long week. Just so much going on, that's all. So, yeah. Yes, no, I can imagine. And I can relate, for sure. Like, I actually tried to go to bed earlier last night. I went to bed at, like, 10 minutes to midnight which oh gosh is, <laughs> which is sadly like an improvement because usually i'll be going to bed at like past 12 or till one yeah, that's but, like yeah but i feel tired the following mo- morning so i try to get to bed at least by past 11 or till 12 and i do feel yeah. a bit better which is good yeah um it, yeah i know i can imagine <laughs> And today, I'm not even going to get, like, today, this like, energy needs to be dropped off. I know, like, <laughs> today, I'm, I can't even go to bed early today, and because my daughter is in some kind of acting boot camps, and Ooh, they've, cool. they've gotten the, the time, and so it's American-based, yeah. and they have tried, like, over the weekends, we get times, like, maybe to be, like, 8 a.m. the time, or 9 a.m. the time, yeah. which is around 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. our time. But uh-huh. for some divine reason, they put her in at 4 p.m. American time today, uh, Pacific time, which is going to be 12 midnight our time. Are you joking? I am not joking, right? Oh, no. Yeah, you can't go to bed early today. So I'm like, seriously? Neither can she. <laughs> Like, I don't, she's on holidays, so they never really go to oh, bed Oh, okay, early. that's good, yeah. So, like, yeah, but you it's know the way you. Could, yeah, it's just me, because I'm like, I need to go to bed early, like, as in, You have work, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I, I never really go to bed before 1 a.m. most days, though, but I'm just tired, there's been a lot going on, and it's the yeah. one day, and I'm like, I don't even have the energy to, but yeah, but other than that, <laughs> it's going to be a funny one. Yeah, but at least that sounds interesting with the acting class. Yeah, well, she's doing some. I mean, she's doing some acting. She's done some. She's done a few. Uh huh. Um, I yeah, she's done a few. I think this is the ninth one or something. Yeah, some yeah. the ninth one. Yeah, but it's all like American, like American coaches and everything. So yeah. yeah. Do you so know what, time... Loki? Uh huh. Loki, I would love to get into acting. Like, I think for the past one year or so, the idea has actually been coming to my mind. Like, oh, mercy, we should sign up for like an acting class or something. I actually think you would do good though. But I actually, I picture you as a TV host. As... Really? Yeah, yeah. But okay, hear me out, right? Uh-huh. I actually think that um, talk shows, right, that um, focus on um, 
things that I'm passionate about or things that I know that you're passionate about yeah. are actually very limited at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, my daughter is very big on acting and she wants to act. But yeah. I would love if she goes the, um, like, talk shows. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, get into, like... Um, interviewing or reporting on courses that she's passionate about or that she loves as opposed to getting into like mainstream acting yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like and i actually think there is a gap there especially for things that has to do with like maybe women or i want to talk about women i'm talking about things that have to do with our core like i mean like us like self-confidence self-awareness you know all that kind of stuff that we don't kind of talk about things like um what are the things that really drive like the disparity between like pay gaps gender equality Mm. you know those kind of things as in core like especially within like the um minority community as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah like i would actually love like yeah youtube channels I was or like talk shows, that, yeah, yeah uh-huh. that are full. That that would be the core. Yeah, definitely. No, that sounds really interesting. I um, think ever so- since Opera retired, there's been a gap somehow in there. Oh yeah, she was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah she was phenomenal. Yeah, I can imagine. So I actually feature you in that space within that, as opposed to like a mainstream actress, but yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for Mercy. I know. <laughs> Mercy's focusing on other things right now in regards to her career. So, uh, Mercy is still very I'm... young. Don't worry. I don't you feel have... that young. Honestly. You are young. You are still like, very young. Like you have I'm a almost whole 26. world. That's yes, what... you have a whole. Let me put it in perspective for you, right? I actually didn't start my career in accounting and finance until I was about twenty-seven. No way. Mm, 27, yeah. Oh, because wow. I did a total change in career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I have come this far... Well, starting at 27. Yeah, exactly. So you, to be honest, like, I mean, you still, like, yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of time ahead of you. I guess I do. I guess I do. Well, well, well. Just so what are we talking about with... today? <laughs> yes, I was just about to go into that. So, you know, we've actually kind of touched on it. Oh, wow. So today we're going to, I know, right? So when you were just, because ta- guys, she hasn't seen the topic for today, right? I haven't actually. <laughs> <laughs> so when she was just talking, I was like, oh, okay, okay, nice, nice. <laughs> but uh, so today we're going to be talking about negotiating a pay increase in the workplace. Oh, so so now bear in mind you know this is the triple f lady podcast so we're going to be talking about this in the view of like a woman so how should women you know negotiate a pay increase in the workplace and as statistics shows that like women don't tend to negotiate their pay so usually they're satisfied with whatever amounts that you know they're offered which if it was a man in, you know, in those shoes, he would be more likely to, you know, to negotiate the pay. So um, I think this is a topic that we definitely need to educate ourselves on. And even if, you know, you happen to be getting a good pay, still negotiate. You never know. (laughs) Why not, you know? So the first question is, at what stage 
do I negotiate my pay? So bear in mind, you know, if you're contacted for like a job and, you know, they're like, oh, okay, we like your profile. Would you be interested in, you know, applying? (laughs) Should you, you know, bring up a pay negotiation at that stage if, you know, the salary um, or should you wait later on? And I think this is important because we need to know timing is very, very important. So we need to know at what stage exactly should we negotiate our pay. Okay. Over to you, madam. So I'm going to answer it like in different phases and I'm going to try and answer um, using different scenarios, right? Okay. So one of the first things that I always tell women that I work with is, when you are living, let's say you're living, you want to leave your, you're getting ready to leave your old role and you want to apply for a role, yeah. research is very, very key, which mm. is researching your next role yeah. and researching what the pay, what pay is being offered across board for that next role within the industry that you're looking to go into. And within the location as well. And within the location. So it's all part of your research. Um, So you do that research first, even before you um, begin to send out your CV. Because Mm -hmm. once you begin to send out your CV, especially with agencies, you find that agencies will ask you, so what is your current pay? And what are you looking for next? So I always say to people, like, make sure you already have that answer to that question, even before you start sending out your CV. And the only way you can have an answer to that question is by doing your research. Mm-hmm. basically so in doing your research as well um you should be benchmarking um so people say like when they do the research you know what they should be looking for so there are different things that you should be looking for so how many years typically a lot of um so let's use accounting and finance um as a, as an example right so the likes of brightwater um which is an accounting and finance agency the likes of cpl the likes of a lot of those accounting and finance agencies at the end of every year or in the middle of the year, they do put out um, some kind of um, publication research on salary scales divided by, so they split it by um, job title, level of experience and location. And they give you a minimum and a maximum that you expect to get. And then also a median, what the average is. Right. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is the first place to really go to. And that kind of gives you an idea. And what that allows you to do is because a lot of these um, reports are comprehensive, you already had given you like so even with accounting and finance. right? So a finance manager in, let's say, um, aviation might be earning more than a finance manager in pharmaceuticals because yeah. across the different sectors as well, it also varies. So when you're, mm-hmm. that, those reports actually give you insight different years of experience, different job titles, and the location and the different salaries, right? So that's always yeah. one of the factors to go. So depending on what career you're into, be looking for those kind of reports within mm-hmm. your sector. That's, that's the first handy. place to start yeah. before mm-hmm. you actually send out your CV. So you don't get caught up with, oh, once an agency calls you and asks you, so what's your current um, pay rate and what are you looking to get? You don't get caught out yeah. by that now mm-hmm. as much as the agency is going to be working in your favor they're also working in their own favor because they're salespeople, right yeah they will try as much as possible to get the best that they can get for you but also remember that for them placing somebody and getting commission is a lot more important to them yeah and also your potential employer always has um a cost in mind they have a minimum and a maximum that they can offer for any okay. role it is not left for mm-hmm. you to negotiate your way um, to negotiate your way in 
So if yeah. you negotiate yourself in at the bottom line, which is the lower end, they would gladly take you. Yeah. But then you need to remember that it might be difficult for you to now move. So research is probably the first thing that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you actually start sending out your CV. Now, um, like you said, when you ask the question, timing is everything. When yeah. um, agencies reach out to you, with agencies, um, you can always ask them, or oh, based on my level of experience, what is the going um, industry rate or what is the going market rate? And they will give you an idea, right? And a lot of times agencies will ask you that, okay, they normally ask you that question that, so how much are you looking for? So that they don't end up sending you jobs that is below them, the salary that you're looking for. Sometimes they might send you something that is slightly lower than what yeah. you want, just to say, okay, fine, um, maybe with um, PECs. Does that make uh, like other benefits? You yeah. might get more than what you're looking for. But I always tell people that your base salary is important to you. So always know what your minimum base salary is. So you're walking mm-hmm. into that negotiation. It doesn't matter when you ask that question or when you're being asked that question. You already have the minimum that you're ready to negotiate at. Yeah. Yeah. So research before you send out your CV is very, it's very, very key. Now, with a lot of people, when you go in for an interview, um, if an agency has sent you, a lot of times the employer might not ask you for how much you're willing to get because they would have that discussion. But sometimes some employers would. So even when you're going in for, for an interview, you need to make sure you have done your research so that if you get asked that question at an interview, be it at the first interview or the second interview or at any stage, you already have that. But you are actually able to decline and um, things along the line like, oh, um, I'm really interested in this job and I'm open to negotiation. Um, let us see how we get on with the interview process first and then we can talk about salary later. But Nobody's going to owe that against you. If you say that, I think a lot of people's fears would be that if they were to say that, wouldn't that push them as like towards the last option for the employer? Nope. That's the funny thing. Now, one of the things I say to women is this. For you to be called for an interview, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, so when an employer advertises a job, they've seen like a hundred CVs. Yeah. An employer doesn't want to four people at most five and that's even pushing it for one job because interviewing is hard they have to write notes then um the more people they have um the harder it is for them to make a decision so when they're bringing you to that table for an interview know that out of all that they're bringing maybe three to five candidates five maximum to the table for an interview unless it's graduate recruitment and they need to maybe recruit like 20 or 30 people do you oh know my goodness, that's, uh, that's different yeah <laughs> so um they already know that i have this person has the potential to work in our company this person has the potential to add value to our company yeah so what i always say to women especially is get that fear out of your head because for them to call you for an interview they already see you as somebody that can add value to the organization mm-hmm. yeah opened the first door okay you yeah. already have convinced them yeah so relax and then go to the interview process mm-hmm. but then if you're one of those people i think okay i'm scared um what if they ask me then do your research before you go in so that you're not negotiating from a position of ignorance 
yeah so that when you're going in you're information exactly and with information you're negotiating from from position of knowledge yeah like i personally don't have a problem telling an employer that we can talk about this if we when we get to the end of the process um, but that's me, and that's with how many years of experience behind me. Somebody starting their career or in the middle of the career might not feel comfortable doing that because they're scared. If that's the case, do your research before you even start sending out your CV. Yeah. So you already know what you're negotiating. I mean, you really shouldn't approach any table of negotiation without knowing what you are willing to take minimum and without doing your research. Anyway, it is something that everybody needs to learn to do, or everybody should be doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. But a lot of times, especially if you go through agencies, um, you would the agents would have told you, okay, this is what the client is willing to pay. This is their minimum. This is their maximum. We try and see if we can put you forward for X, Y, Z. But I suppose if you're um, um, if you are applying directly to an employer, that that's a different scenario then make sure you do your research before you even going for your first into or before you even send out your cv because some people would come back immediately they get your cv and ask you oh so um what salary range are you looking at so you need to make sure that you anyway before you're answering that question yeah yeah definitely and to be honest like when i was looking for a job i personally did not apply for jobs that didn't have the pay um skill or pay grade on the job description because for me like I personally did not have that much time to be spending looking for jobs so the time that I did have I wanted to make sure that you know I was spending that time towards jobs that I would you know I wouldn't mind you know having or mm-hmm. securing so when I was in a job description and there wasn't any you know um pay any salary attached to it or any pay range attached to it. I just, you know, didn't apply for that. I think with the UK, Um, though, they do uh have a funny way of putting a pay grade attached to a lot of jobs. With Ireland, I find it's the opposite. They tend not to put a lot of salary on the the jobs that they send out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of UK websites actually has, like, that pay grade attached to it. So I think it just depends on location as well. And then yeah. the higher you go as well, um, I think they tend to put negotiable on the salary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's still some school that you need to learn anyway. And remember, when it comes to negotiating your salary, um, they treat negotiating when you're applying for a new job and there's negotiating a pay rise when you're within a job and you want a pay rise. Yeah, we're going to get to that one later on. That's actually the last question we okay. have for today but um okay so just to kind of conclude that first question so basically at the start of you know the interview process um, you can communicate to them that you know that you're really interested in this job and you're open for negotiation upon which you have done your research and you feel that you know that there's room for a pay rise is that correct so I put it this way. If they don't talk about salary, don't bring it up. Okay. Right. Wait until... Um, so if they don't... Most people do first, second, third interviews, depending on the company, right? So if they don't talk about it at your first interview, a lot of times they won't talk about salary at your first interview. They might, they might not. Um, so it's gauging the situation. If they don't yeah. talk about it, then don't bring it up, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives you a lot more time to go and do your research. But ideally for me, 
before you send out your CV or before you walk into your first interview, you should be doing that research and have that information on a hand just in case you get asked. Yeah. But salary won't be something that you would you as a candidate would be discussing at your interview mm-hmm. because you have to show them. I think it's more like, oh, I'm actually interested in working for your company and adding value. You know you're going to get to that salary discussion at some point anyway before they make an offer. Yeah, so you wait for them to bring up the topic. You wait for them then... to, to bring up the topic. Okay, perfect. But then, okay. like, you can always tell how a conversation is going. Yeah. So and you you could decide to ask at the end of your first interview just to give it's okay, you know. For, as well, like another thing to say is you might not want to waste your time. You might get in there, and the job doesn't really, you, and you don't want to waste your time. Maybe going through a second interview process, and then kind of ask that question at the end of the first interview to say, oh, um, just out of curiosity, I want to know how much is it that is that is an offer for this job. But you yeah. yourself would be able to gauge the situation when you are going through the interview process. So I suppose there's no right time to bring it up or wrong time to bring it up. You have to be in the situation to be able to discern when is the best time to talk about it. It's very important that you've done your research beforehand, just so you don't get caught unawares. Great, perfect. So research is key, basically. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. So then the next question is, what are the most important do's and don'ts in the negotiation process? So I suppose the first thing is, obviously, you've done your research, right? Mm-hmm. The so second is research. Research, like that. I mean, I kind of underestimate the importance of research. Uh-huh. That's number one. Number two is, unless you think the first offer is okay with you, is you're not under any compulsion to accept that first offer. Companies would never put their best offer on the table. Okay. You work in finance, and you know that bottom line is the most important thing to any. So anywhere that we can cut costs, yeah. we try to cut costs, right? And even when we're cutting costs, salary is always one of the things, after marketing, salary is one of the things that people try to look at when they're cutting costs. Yeah. So... You're not under any compulsion to take the first offer unless you think the first offer is okay with you, right? Mm-hmm. And anybody that is, when they are actually giving you, making that first offer, a lot of times they actually expect you to negotiate. Yeah. Right. Now, if you've done your research, you should be able to know, okay, how far, have an idea of how far they're willing to go. Yeah. Um, based, and then, but one of the things I would say is don't over negotiate yourself. So you know that, okay, you only have three years of experience. The job that you're going for is only after three years of experience. Um, three years of experience with your qualifications, let's say on average gets about maybe 60,000 euro in the market. And then you go into and then you ask them for 80,000. That's just yeah. pushing it. Mm-hmm. Some people try, that just, that's just pushing it. So don't yeah. go in there and try and be smart and ask for something that is way above the, the market rate. For, yeah. your, um, for your experience, for the job spec, and for the industry, which is where research always comes into play. Um, if you're going to refuse an offer, be nice about it. Mm-hmm. Don't be all cocky or don't be... I mean, I've seen candidates that laugh at maybe, obviously, maybe employer offer them something that is way below um, them, and they actually laugh to the employer's face. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so don't be cocky. 
and um, yes. you have to there's a way when you're negotiating you have to be nice when you're negotiating because one mm. of the things i always say people that negotiation is not about win or lose it's about win-win so both be able to walk away from the table knowing that yeah. they're happy to walk away from that table and they've walked away with something it's never about win or lose it's always about win-win yeah really so um so it's more like put yourself in a position where you want to walk away from the table happy and you want your potential employer to walk away from the table happy as well you want to leave a good impression on the person that you're negotiating um that you're negotiating with um never be afraid to tell them that can you take time to go back and think about it and then for some of us as well there are other things that you can negotiate outside of salary so there's base salary there's all the other Benefit and benefits that, that come like your health insurance um mm-hmm. um insurance for your family your pension for some people i've actually seen people who really could care less about their um, base salary and all they wanted to negotiate was flexible time okay yeah Yeah, i've seen um people who wanted to negotiate working from home which was more important to them Mm -hmm. so everybody are important to them when they're negotiating for like base for their like their compensation basically from an employer so make sure that all of that you already know what you want and put that on the table because that might be room for you to negotiate Mm mm-hmm so, like, the current job that I am, when I started, they were saying that, oh, that they don't really, they said, oh, they offer health insurance for myself and my spouse, but necessarily, not necessarily the children. But then I said to them that where I was coming from, I've always been able to get health insurance for myself, my spouse, and my whole family members. Yeah. And they were willing to, like, they were willing to compromise on that and offer yeah, me that. Right. Yeah. So, there are other things that you can kind of negotiate, you know, that you can kind of negotiate yeah and then i also have a question yeah so um you negotiating your base salary so because what happened to me in the past was that let's say i want to increase it by 5k but technically should you if you want your base salary to increase by 5k for example so should you say eight an extra 8k to the employer because what I found that happened to me was that they actually met me like in the middle of yeah. what I said to them. So is that like a normal trend? It's a or... it's a normal trend to be honest. Like okay. I mean, I've I've done that before as well, and mm-hmm. um because you already know like if you already know what the max is, so let's say for your role, right? Typically, yeah. in the industry, there's always like mm-hmm. a a disparity of ten k between all of you that are within that role. Do you understand? So some of you might be yeah. at the lower end, maybe 50K. Some of you might be at the higher end, which is 60K. Do you understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's say you're coming from a 45K and you want to yeah. get, and you're like, okay, you know what? I'll be happy to move to 50K because that's mm-hmm. the beginning of where I'm supposed to be, right? But my employer might be willing to pay 60K based on my, right? Yeah. So I might decide, okay, instead of saying 50K, I might say 55K hoping that no matter what happens, I still land on the 50K. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. the way people technically go into negotiate. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you for sharing that with And me. I think never negotiate from a place of fear, which is where a lot of women were always scared. But like I said, if somebody's already calling you for an interview, they already see potential, they already see that you have value that you can add. So don't yeah. be scared to actually, that means you have a right to be at that table. But I think mm-hmm. with a lot of us, the fact that we don't think we're good enough to be at that table, 
Yeah. But if somebody has already called you for an interview, then they already, they've already communicated the fact that you're good enough to be at that table. So go to that mm. table and That's own true. it. Yeah. I think with women, is that fear? Am I good enough? And then women tend to like undervalue themselves as well. And then they think, will I be rejected? Will I be rejected? Bringing but, up this question. For bringing up this question. But if mm-hmm. you have been called to that table, that means you are supposed to be there. That means the people that are even calling, they already believe that you're supposed to be there. So own it like yeah. a boss. Yes. Thank you. We need some claps right now. <laughs> but yes, own it like a boss. I think the problem with most women is that we negotiate from a point of fear. Mm, um yeah. which we shouldn't and then some of us are very emotional we think oh i want to help my employ- employer to save money i don't want to be seen as a money grabber eh, which <laughs> your employer the money <laughs> could care less about you to be honest literally they, they couldn't like so let's get it straight right mm-hmm. ain't nobody working for free yeah this is not a chance. And your own your employer would only employ you because they know that you can add to their bottom line, you can increase their own value. They're not giving free money, it's not a charity. Yeah. If they think that you're going to come in there and you're going to destroy their company or you're going to make them lose money, they're never going to employ you. Definitely, definitely agree. Great. So then the next question is how do I know that I haven't been underserved or undervalued? And I think um you've kind of touched on this with, you know, with telling us you know to do our research but is there anything else that you would like to add um to this um answer so honest, if you don't do your, there's no way you're going to know if you've been undervalued if you don't do your research and when you talk mm-hmm. about research the different parts of your research so your years of experience come into play it's your qualifications that you have come into play yeah. um how much people are um um getting in that industry come into play like all of that you're down Mm-hmm. And then you begin to benchmark your experience against the experience that the job is looking for. You begin to um how much people are getting in those based of that experience. So like it's a whole lot of um, um research that you have to do. Do you understand? And you have to be willing to do that research, to be honest. And yeah. then I always say to people, use your network, reach out to like HR. Like a lot of us know people that work in HR, reach out to them, ask them, do you know what the going rate is within the industry for these years of experience for this job title? A lot of your friends who work in HR they will actually gladly tell you, reach out to your yeah. other colleagues that are actually working within the industry and ask them. Don't necessarily ask them that, oh, so how much, what, is, what salary are you on them? I don't want to tell you. But there's a way to ask them. I mean, I don't have a problem telling people. Do you understand? Um, yeah. And we find that men actually um, get a lot of what's because they're open and they talk about how much they act, they actually, that they actually get paid as opposed to women. Does that make yeah. sense? So the moment we women start getting into that, talking about things that are important, we will find out that we begin to liberate ourselves. And, um, well, research has shown that um, women of the present generation, I don't know how true that is, um, actually talk about their salary more than women of the older generation. Now, if that is is true, then you guys are actually doing yourself a very good service because that means someone else can walk into an interview and be able to negotiate their salary better because they know how much that they're meant to be getting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. No, I think so that's I think true women because... need to change what we talk about when we gather together. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think that's true because I have some friends that, you know, we're very open with how much we're making and you know, what's your worth in terms of, you know, the workplace. Yeah, and it also helps to like help you guys begin to build that 
I don't know. I think that trusted circles that getting into like investing and making like some financial decisions together. Like it's um, I love this book um by what's her name now? It's called The Money Tribe. Um, she wrote that book. Um, it's meant to be nonfiction. It's meant to be fiction. Sorry. But it's okay. actually called The Money Tribe. Yeah, I have I actually have both. But I think I gave it to someone else to read. <laughs> so you actually build out your money tribe among your circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And you guys make financial decisions together. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing. So then the last question of the day is, how do I negotiate after I have already started? Okay. Now, that is always harder to do. But with that, mm-hmm. what normally happens is you already know how much your company is willing to pay for your role or for maybe your next promotion because you're within the organization. Yeah. Now, if you find out that you under-negotiated yourself when you joined and you want to now ask them to increase your salary, a lot of times, employers don't want to go back into the market and re-recruit for that role. Yeah. So they might be willing to negotiate. But that's a different process. One, a lot of... If you're working for a very small company where they don't have a cycle, a financial cycle in which they have to make... In which they can do pay increases, then you might be lucky where it's just a, a discussion and then it happens. Now, if you're working for big organizations where it is harder where pay rises are only done within a certain, like within a certain time frame, um, in a financial circle, maybe after a performance review. Um, so some companies are very hard and say that they don't do pay increases um, until March yeah. or March and October or in January, um, unless you move roles. Maybe there's a role that has been advertised somewhere else. And by getting that role, um, you're moving up a level and it requires a pay rise. So there's yeah. all that dynamics going on when you're within um within a company. So you need to understand all of those dynamics as well. Mm-hmm. And if you want to negotiate a pay rise within a company and is outside of the normal pay cycle, even within the normal pay cycle, one of the things people need to get into doing is writing down all the accomplishments within that role. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. I find out that people wait until they're going for the performance appraisal. And some people cannot even remember everything that they have achieved within that Mm -hmm. one year because they don't get into the habit of writing it down. One of the Mm -hmm. things that I say to the women that I coach is make it a habit to journal down everything that you've achieved in that role. Yeah. Including every project outside of your department that you've taken on. Now, your manager is not going to... Sometimes, because your manager is even managing too many people, apart from managing people, your manager also has his own deliverables that he has to be responsible for. He might not even remember what you did or what you achieved or how you've added value to the department. And don't take it personal. The mm-hmm. guy has so many things or she has so many things that she has to think about as well. So yeah. make sure that you're writing it down and you're, document, you're documenting it in real time. So that way, when you go and you say, I want to negotiate a pay rise, you bring out everything that you've written and say, this is what I've done. I did X, Y, Z, which, which added, contributed X, Y, Z to the department. I did X, Y, Z, which contributed this to the bottom line of the company. So you are armed with facts. Negotiation is not based on emotion. Negotiation mm-hmm. is based on hard facts. Yeah. 
and women, we liked everything is about emotions. It has emotions don't work when we no, it's true when you're negotiating. With <laughs> money, emotions don't work. With money, emotions don't work. You can't use emotions to get money out of anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless person is your husband or your boyfriend, that's a definition. So. <laughs> yeah, let's have a relationship with them. Yeah, that's a relationship. But even in relationships nowadays, you find it that they can be very transactional. So. True, true. Wow. Thanks for staying to the end and we hope this episode of the Triple F Lady Podcast was a blessing to you. Much love from Mercy and Dolapo.